Today's reading comes from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 6, verses 19 through 24 from the English Standard Version. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. So, if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness. No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Thanks, Megan, for reading our scripture focus for today. We continue our study on Jesus' Sermon on the Mount today, where Jesus explores what it looks like to follow him and to live in God's kingdom here on earth. We've quickly learned that the kingdom Jesus describes is in many ways the opposite of how this world teaches us to live. Over the past few weeks, we have heard Jesus tell us to love our enemies, pray for those who persecute us, turn the other cheek, and be salt and light to the world. Over and over again, we hear Jesus say, the world tells you to live this way, but I say to you, live this way. And right now, as we are living in this holy disturbance that is 2020 and this time in history, it really is a great opportunity to reassess how we are living and to choose what we add back into our lives. And consider, is this how God is calling me to live as a disciple of Jesus? And do my actions and my thoughts reflect God's kingdom here and now? In his Sermon on the Mount, Jesus is inviting us to join him in this upside-down kingdom of God, into this new way of doing things. The question is, will we follow? Today's scripture speaks directly to this opportunity to reassess how we live. We see two proverbs that many of us, whether we've grown up in the church or not, have heard before. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And no one can serve two masters. You can't serve both God and money. These phrases seem almost cliche in the church. I've only been preaching for about seven years, and I feel like I have preached on the tensions between God and money and treasures on earth compared to treasures in heaven multiple, multiple times. It's not because I love preaching about these things, but they are found throughout Scripture over and over again. And we see in Scripture this struggle, this human struggle of deciding what to put our trust in. Jesus speaks to it multiple times in his teachings and his parables. And when the early church was being formed, Paul also addresses it to the first Christian communities— then, in the Old Testament, we see that our Jewish ancestors struggled with this as well. In the book of Exodus, it tells the story of how when Moses was up on the mountaintop speaking with God, he took too long, and the people made a golden calf to worship instead. 
instead of the God who had saved them from slavery to the Egyptians. One commentary I read calls idolatry the primal sin, our prime, our first sin. Idolatry, this worshiping of something as if it is God when it really isn't. And that's what Jesus is speaking to when he says, No one can serve two masters, for you will hate one and love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve, you cannot idolize both God and money. The word used for money here is mammon. It's a Hebrew word that originally meant the material things that were entrusted to someone else for safekeeping. But over the years, its meaning was transformed into the things in which someone puts their trust. It was even spelled with a capital M, and it was regarded as nothing less than a god, mammon, or money. The thing in which someone puts their trust. Surely there is no better description than a person's god. So in what do you put your trust? It all comes back to this human struggle of trying to split our devotion between the two masters of God and money, the heavenly treasures and the earthly treasures. Because we want the best of both worlds. We want, we love God and we want to serve God, but we also like shiny things. So we have both, we want both. And there's nothing wrong in that. But the struggle then comes when we combine that with our challenge that when we see things right in front of us, it is easier to find assurance in those physical things than it is with a God that we can't see in the same way then we end up, without even realizing it, beginning to trust money and and what the world tells us, what is around us more than God, God's self. We begin to gravitate or focus on what the world tells us is success, whether it's that big house and the newest gadgets, the important job that makes lots and lots of money, all of those things in our lives. We still love God, We still want to serve God, but we are oriented towards those things that are right in front of us. And so Jesus, in today's scripture, gives us an analogy to remind us that the health of our eyes, how we see, determines whether our lives are illuminated by the light of God. He says, your eye is the lamp that provides light for your body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body is filled with light. But if your eye is unhealthy, your whole body is filled with darkness. And if the light you think you have is actually darkness, how deep that darkness is. The word that's used here for healthy or good literally means single. So if you are singularly focused on God, you will be able to see clearly. The light of God will illuminate every part of your life. You can have the other things in your life, but the question is, what are you focused on? Because if you try to focus on both God and the things, then your life will be clouded. 
by distraction and comparison and envy, jealousy and self-centeredness. Think of the eyes as a window, and the quality of the window decides how much light gets into the whole body. If the window is clear and clean and undistorted, then the light will flood in, illuminating every corner of the room or body. You'll be able to move around obstacles and find whatever it is you're looking for because the room is well lit. But if the window is frosted or distorted or, or dirty or otherwise obscured, then the light will be blocked and the room will be dark. You'll stumble around falling and groping for anything that is remotely secure to hang on to. Sometimes, though, we don't realize that we are not seeing clearly. The clouding or distorting of the expectations and the desires of this world, it happens so slowly that it seems normal. It seems like things have always been this way. This is the way you've always seen. It's no different than before. That's when we need something to clear our vision to shake us out of the monotony and the, the temptations that constantly surround us. Sometimes we need time away from our normal, our everyday world, in order to see rightly again, to see singularly and focus on God again. And I think that is the gift that this blessed pandemic has given us. If I had to choose a blessing out of this pandemic, it would be the way that it has shaken us out of our contentment. No, it's definitely not been easy, and it's not been comfortable. But it has given us an opportunity to shake the fog from our eyes. Just because the world tells us that we should live one way, with certain expectations and demands placed upon our lives, our time, our schedules, our families, it doesn't mean that it has to be that way. Have you gained something in this time away from normal that you didn't realize that you were missing? For me, it's seeing my kids more playing with them more and, and discovering that I can be successful at my job and ministry while also being successful in my family, having family time. It's trusting that God will help me meet all of my needs as a pastor, as a mom, as a wife, as a friend, as a person a, a beloved child of God with inherent worth. I pray that you will use this holy disruption to consider how you might see God more clearly in your life, how you can reorient yourself to the God of light and hope, of love and holy peace that you can see that the true treasures that God has given you are right in front of your face. Whether they come in the form of a new kitten, or walks with your wife on your lunch break, or summer adventures in the national parks, may your life be illuminated by the light of our loving God. Amen and amen.